Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, I know a lot of you that are listening, you know that, but we don't want to just know it with our head. We want to remind ourselves of these things constantly, that everything we see in this world, decisions people make, viruses, sicknesses, diseases, what have you. The Bible says we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not just coming against flesh and blood, but against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. There are evil spirits in this world that cause problems. You know, we live in a world today where they make fun of, you know, people that actually believe in the devil. But really, the laugh is on them, and the devil's the one that's laughing at them, because he is very real. For this purpose, Jesus came. It was so that he might destroy the works of the devil. So the devil is very real, and it's his works that we're seeing in the world today. It's causing all this confusion, all this this chaos, causing all these problems, causing this virus to try and spread and afflict a lot of people, just like all sicknesses and diseases. You know, the devil is behind these things. And I, can, I could do a whole teaching on that. We've done it in times past. In fact, if you go to our media page at lofbc.org, we have a lot of archived messages that go back several years. And you can go to the search and type in healing or sickness or something like that. Don't do it now. Now's the time to stay focused on what God's wanting to say to us tonight, right here uh, on this live stream. So, but, but later on, you know, go check these things out and go back, listen to some of those messages. And, and, uh, and there's messages out there where I go into detail about these things, showing from the scriptures that uh, the devil's behind all sickness and all disease. I'll just give you one right here over in Acts chapter 10. In verse 38, Acts 10, 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Notice he says he was healing people that were oppressed by the devil. So that scripture right there is telling us that sickness, disease, viruses are demonic oppression. That's what they are. They're demonic oppression. They're a work of the devil. And when Jesus healed people, he was setting them free from demonic oppression, from the oppression of the devil. So thank God we don't have to let that devil oppress us because Jesus defeated the devil. Jesus conquered him. And put him under our feet. 
That's what the Bible tells us. That the devil is under the feet of those who are members of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head of that body. And then we as believers in him all make up parts of that body of Christ. And under that body, under our feet, is where the devil is located. And we are far above him. Hallelujah. And so we don't have to fear demons. We don't have to fear the works of the devil. And we don't have to worry about all the things that we see going on in the world because Jesus came and gave us authority over evil spirits. So let's just remind ourselves of that when we hear reports and we see things going on. And a lot of times people will say things that are just, you know, you just want to get you up. It just wants to get you upset at them. But don't allow yourself to get upset at them. Remember, there's evil spirits that are working behind these people. And so uh, let's pray. Let's thank God. Let's worship him. Let's give him glory and just take authority over the evil spirits in the name of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said in Mark 16, he said, In my name, they, those who believe in me, will cast out devils. And so that's what you and I are called to do. We're, we're called to occupy until Jesus returns. And we are to take our place of authority and just not allow the devil to come running in here and do whatever he wants to do. He will do whatever he wants to do if people let him, if we'll let him. But you and I don't have to let the devil get away with anything, especially the kind of stuff that we're seeing going on in our nation right now. This is one nation under God. It's been declared for generations. For over 200 years, we've been declaring that this is one nation under God. We are not under the oppressor, the devil. And we're not going to be under people who are oppressors, people that yield to the devil. We're not going to be under them either. This is one nation under God. This is the land of the free, home of the brave. And God is a God of freedom. And so we just stand on his word and we declare these things over our nation. And Jesus told us that we who have faith in him we will have whatever we say. Mark eleven twenty four. We will have whatever we say. So we have some things to say. We have some things to say. We have some things to pray. And the good news is God hears us when we pray. He hears what we say. And he's just waiting and watching to perform our words when we speak them in faith. Glory to God. So speak the word of faith in the face of whatever kind of things you're facing in life. Whatever kind of temptations or, or evil things that are trying to come into your life. No, face them in faith. Speak the word of God. Keep speaking the promises of God and we have what we say. The Bible tells us we always triumph. We always win. With Christ Jesus... As our head, as our leader, we always triumph. We always are going to win. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So that's just kind of a little bit of what I really want to get into. I want to get into some more of that here tonight. But, uh, you know, usually we start our Wednesday evening services off with some praise and worship. But right now we don't have our musicians here uh, tonight. So um, it's just you and me. 
and we're going we're gonna to worship our king. We're going we're gonna to praise our God. Somebody says, praise God in the middle of all that's going on? How in the world are we going to do that? Well, you know, you go over to uh, Acts, the 16th chapter. And I was just thinking about this scripture just before coming out here, thinking about just praising and worshiping God. This just came right to me. You know where the apostle Paul and his sidekick Silas had gotten beaten. I mean severely beaten and thrown in prison, in the innermost prison. And look what happened here. And I know most of you know the story, but let's, let's go there with them. It says in verse 25, it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. So here they are, they've been beaten, been thrown in the innermost prison. It's dark. They didn't have electricity back then. I mean, these are really, really bad conditions. And I mean, for all they know, they're never going to be let out of this dark dungeon. No lights. I mean, it's the innermost prison, so there's no windows. They don't have any idea what's going to happen next. They don't know what tomorrow holds. I mean, it looks really, really bad. It feels bad. It's a pretty scary situation. These hateful people have just taken you, beaten you, and thrown you in the innermost prison. And you don't know what's going to happen next. And yet here they are, the Bible says, praying, praying. And not just praying. But the Bible says, singing hymns to God. Wow. So they weren't just in there praying because, you know... We can kind of interpret how they were praying any old way we, we want if God didn't add the singing part. You know, we could just see them just crying and praying, oh, God, get us out of here. What did we do, God, to deserve this? Oh, God, what's going to happen? Are we going to die? What's going to happen, Lord? You know, that's how we might think that they did pray. But the Bible lets us know that right along with their praying, they were singing. They were singing. They were thanking God. They were worshiping Him in prison, in prison, in a dire situation. Here they are singing hymns to God. And guess what? They didn't stay in that prison. Their singing and praising got them out of there. Notice in verse 26, it says, Suddenly, as they're singing and praying, and they're not whispering little, little psalms and hymns, you know. They're not just like, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. It says the prisoners were listening. I mean, what a powerful witness Paul and Silas were to all these people that are in prison. Some of them might be on death row. I mean, this might be it for them. And yet they hear these men praying loud, singing hymns to God. Well, not only did the prisoners hear it, but God heard it. God heard it. It says, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. 
and everyone's chains were loosed. Not only did Paul and Silas get free, their door opened up, their chains fell off, but everybody got loosed. Everybody got set free as a result of their faith. Man, that's what God's looking for in these last days. He's looking for a church that'll stand up in the face of fear, in the face of life-threatening situations, and just sing praises to Him and thank Him and pray and use their authority. I'm telling you, God's looking for that. This is New Testament. God's power came in there. It shook the place. And everybody got loosed. I'm telling you, the way to get loosed is to sing to God. Praise, praise Him. Sometimes we can get ourselves so focused on the problem, so focused on things that, are, that aren't right. And our intentions might be right too. It's not like we're just looking to be anxious about stuff or be carnally minded. You know, it's just even, you know, wanting to pray correctly. But we can get so focused on the problem or the potential problem that before we know it, we really don't have any joy. Our faith seems to be depleted. There's no sense of victory about us. And it actually becomes hard to pray because we're focusing on the things, the natural things, the natural circumstances. So we always have to lift our vision higher, look up beyond the things that are going on around us and begin to sing praises to God, begin to worship Him, welcome the Holy Spirit to come and manifest Himself right there where you are. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a hymn we can sing right now together. We can sing this together. I'll lead you in a hymn. How's that sound? This is an old hymn. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. And I can see my wife at home right now going, no, honey, don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to scare people. No, we can do this. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just worship God right now? Let's just pray. Pray to him and worship, worship him right now, just like we would if we were here gathered together in his house. Father, we just thank you so much. So My heart is overflowing tonight. People are listening. I can feel them just pulling and drawing on the gift of God. They want to hear from you tonight. You have our answers. You have the right perspective concerning everything that's taking place in our life. You know exactly where we are in your end time timetable. And Lord, we thank you for revealing these things to us so that we have a good handle on where we are, so that we know some of the things to expect and and where we're going. We thank you, Lord, that you are our teacher. You are our helper. Holy Spirit, you are here to strengthen us, lead us, guide us into all truth. Again, you are our teacher. You're the one that reveals the word to us. So you give me utterance and you give each one listening ears, ears to hear what you are wanting to say to them. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Hallelujah. Let's just worship him right now. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. 
omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. Why don't you sing that? Welcome into your house. Welcome right there to right where you are right now. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, we welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God forever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo. Glory to God. Man, don't be distracted by anything in your house. Just remove all the distractions and just zoom in tonight. You know, just focus in tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't answer any other phones and don't surf the web or do anything like that. Just Let's just have church together, which is already in progress. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just like demons are real and we need to recognize that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Only that we're, we're not just dealing with humans. We're not just dealing with natural things, physical things, biological things. But we're dealing with spiritual things. We're dealing with spiritual things. But even more real than that devil and evil spirits is the Holy Spirit. And he is here with us. We have welcomed him. He is here with us. And we need to practice an awareness of him. Practice his presence. Recognize that he is with you. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. Just like Paul and Silas. Fear no evil. Because you know, thou art with me. He's not just watching from a distance up in heaven. Thou art with me. God is with us. God is in us. And we who have faith in Jesus are in God. Just like God is in us, we are in him. We are in him. Jesus said over in John chapter 16. John 16. And in verse 33. These things I have spoken to you. That in me. You may have peace. Notice that. That in me Jesus said. You. May have peace. So where are you? In him. In Jesus. That's where we are. That we're in him. Just like he's in us. We're in him. We're not on the outside of him. We're not resisting him. Now maybe you have been resisting him. Maybe you, you're, you're not in him. Maybe you're separated from him. 
You know, this is why Jesus went to the cross, is so that you wouldn't have to be, that nobody would have to be separated from God anymore. God wants us to be so close to him that we're a part of him. You know, we were talking about being members of the body of Christ. A lot of times we think of fingers and hands and nose and all these external body parts. But how many people know there's a lot of internal body parts? There's a lot of internal things, a lot more internal things than there are external things. You know, there's all kinds of organs and cells and all kinds of stuff in there. So, so we are a part of his body. We are in him when we make him the Lord of our life. But if we don't do that, then we are apart from him. We are separated from him. We're living our life on the outside of God. And we don't want to live our life on the outside of him. We want to make sure that we are in him. Remember when Jesus went to the cross, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There it is again, in him. We're righteous in him. We're just as righteous as God is because we're in God. We're in Christ Jesus, who is God. But, he's, but when Jesus hung on that cross, when he became our sin and, and died for us, the Bible says, he cried out and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you what? Forsaken me. See, he was forsaken of God and afflicted, the prophet Isaiah said. Or we could say, separated from God. Why have you forsaken me? He was separated from God because he had become sin. Sin separates from God. God doesn't want us separated from him. He wants us to be close to him. He wants us to be so close to him that we're in him. We're in him. And in him, notice what Jesus said. He said, in me, you may have peace. He is the Prince of Peace. In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. So notice, he says, in me, there's peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. So here we are tonight. We are in the world, and there's tribulation, and there's uncertainty, and there's a lot of temptation to be frightened about what's going on, to be worried about things. That's in the world. That's normal. Jesus said, in the world, that's what you're going to have. And actually, we've been just so blessed, you know, to be citizens of the United States of America. I mean, the freest, most blessed nation ever, ever in history. And, uh, and we have been blessed. We have been so blessed. And we think about some of the conditions that people are living in in other parts of the world, in other nations, the suffering and the persecution, the terrible things that, that they've been experiencing. And, and you and I, we, we've just been blessed, you know. And uh, our, our level of tribulation in, a lot of times is, is not a red alert tribulation, you know. <laughs> I mean, there are times, don't get me wrong, where our lives are threatened and things like that. But, uh, you know, a lot of times what people call tribulation is, you know, I got a flat tire or something goofy like that. And meanwhile, other people are doing everything they can just to stay alive every day, every day of their life. 
And so thank God, you know, it's been, it's been so good for us. So, and we don't want to lose that. God doesn't want us to lose that. It's not like, well, you've had it good enough and now it's your turn. No, that's not, that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to continue to enjoy life, continue to enjoy freedom and liberty. That's what he wants. That's what he wants for the whole world. He wants America, what we've had in America, to spread to the whole world. He doesn't want that taken away from us. Okay? So, so the devil is the one that would want to, would want to steal that from us. So in the world, there's tribulation. Of course, what we're seeing right now, you know, we've never seen anything like this before. That's taking place in our country and around the world in other countries. And there's tribulation. This is severe tribulation. Jesus said we're going to have that. But notice, we're not just in the world. We're in Him. We're in Him. And in Him, in the world, there's peace. So in the world, ah, tribulation. But in him, peace. And so he tells us, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Be happy. Be joyful. I have overcome the world. See, you know, Paul the Apostle, Silas, they understood that. Here they are in prison, beaten. Lives are threatened. But they're of good cheer. They're like, glory to God. Hallelujah. We're saved. We're born again, born of God. We're children of God. We've got eternal life. No matter how bad it gets in the world, we're still in God. We're still in Christ Jesus. We're still connected to him. I mean, really, the worst place to be right now is to be outside of God. That's the worst place to be. To be in the world, in tribulation, outside of God. I'd rather be in tribulation in the world, but in God, then have no tribulation in the world and be outside of God. And that's a scary place to be because people think everything's great when they have money and everything's going real well for them and, and, and they seem to have peace all around them in the world. In the world, they're enjoying peace and prosperity, but they're separated from God. So it's temporary. It's not eternal. Even if they live to be 120 years old in this life. When they leave, if they're separated from God, they've got, a, uh, they've got a hell of an eternity to look forward to. And thank God you and I are in Him. The tribulations we face in the world, as bad as they might be at times, this is as bad as it gets for us. No matter how bad it gets, this is, this is as bad as it gets. In other words, when this is over, we've got all eternity to enjoy God, to enjoy heaven, to enjoy absolute perfection and paradise forever and ever and ever. So we're in him. We're in him. Let's not, let's not forget that. This world is not our home. We are sojourners. We are pilgrims. We are passing through this place. We don't live for this place. We live in this place, but we don't live for this place. We live for God. We recognize we are in Him. And when we do, when we remind ourselves of that, and we get our eyes on Him, there's perfect peace. There's peace in Him. Peace in the midst of any kind of storm. Because, you know, when you're in Him, you are, you're like in a uh, hazmat suit. You, you know what that is? That's one of those isolation suits that protects you from hazardous materials. You know, we're seeing kind of a lot of those these days in the media. 
People wearing these hazmat suits, you know, where they're all uh, covered up. You can't, you can't even see them. They're wearing these suits to protect themselves from these viruses and, and whatever else is out there. Well, guess what? We're in Jesus. That's like being in a hazmat suit, man. That's like being in, in an isolation suit. We are, we are quarantined 24-7. That's just, that's just where we're at, man. You know, the world talks about, you know, you got to go into quarantine. I've been doing that. I've been, I've been doing that since I got saved. I've been, I've been quarantined, <laughs> praise God. What do you mean? I, I've been sanctified. I've been set apart from the world. I'm in Him. I'm, I'm protected from harmful materials. I'm protected from the works of the devil. I'm protected from it, and I won't spread anything ugly, anything nasty, anything evil, anything ungodly on other people. I won't spread evil things. I'm quarantined. I'm set apart. I'm in him. Praise God. That's who we are in Christ Jesus. In him. And where is he? Where exactly is God? Well, the Bible tells us that God is in the heavens. How many people know he is far above Far above. Where is Christ Jesus? He is far above all things, everything in this world. That's where he's located, over in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. It tells us in verse 19. Actually, I'm going to go back. No, just I'll pick it up here, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? The apostle Paul He's praying for the church at Ephesus that they would know what is the exceeding greatness of his, God's power, towards us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, watch this, Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Notice when Jesus was raised from the dead, he was seated. He was seated at the Father's right hand, at the right hand of God Almighty in the heavenly places. Far above. And then it says, above all principalities and powers. Remember, we were just talking about over in Ephesians 6.12, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is talking about these, these evil spirits, these evil rulers over the earth. It says, Jesus is seated far above them all. That's where he's located. In fact, a psalm that uh, I've mentioned a couple times to you all over the last couple weeks, and I'm just getting a lot of enjoyment out of, is Psalm 2. Psalm, the second chapter. In verse 1, it says, Why do the nations rage? How do you know the nations are raging right now? And the people plot a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves against 
set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, against his anointed ones, against his church. And they said, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. They'll try and devise ways to, to take down the church, you know, take down God's people. That's been something that's gone on throughout the nations. I mean, ever since Jesus came, that's been going on. But notice verse 4, it says, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Hallelujah. The Lord shall hold them in derision. I love that. He who sits where? In the heavens. According to Ephesians, far above. Far above all principality and power. Far above all evil spirits. You know, God looks down on these things that are going on in the earth, and he cares. The Bible says he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities or our weaknesses. He knows what we go through. He's sympathetic towards us. But when it comes to the devil and his plotting to, to do evil things against us, notice God in heaven, what is he doing? He laughs. He's not laughing at us. He's laughing at our enemies. He's laughing at those evil spirits that would try to overthrow our lives, that would try to destroy our life, that would try to bring us into bondage, that would try to oppress us. He laughs at them. Hallelujah. He is far above. Job, chapter 22, verse 13, in the easy-to-read version. It says, God lives in the highest part of heaven. And looks down on the highest stars. So no matter how high the stars are, God is in even a higher place. Again, far above all principality and power. God's far above it. I got news for you. God's not afraid of anything that's going on right now. God's not worried about being overthrown by all this. He is far above it. Now, notice what it says going back to Ephesians. Notice what it says in Ephesians, the second chapter. It says, Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. So God has raised us up and made us sit together with him in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. So again, where Jesus is, that's where we are. Where's that? That's in the highest part of heaven. That is far above all principality and power, and all the plotting of the wicked. God has raised us up in Jesus, far above all the things that take place in this world. This is a perspective that we need to have. We need to believe the word of God. This isn't talking about the future, that someday we're going to be there. This is where we are now for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is where we are right now. You say, well, how do I get in Christ Jesus? You come to him. You call on him. You ask him. You say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. 
I believe in what you did for me. That you came to earth, bore my sins, all my crimes against God. You bore it in your own body on that cross for me. And then you died, descended down into the heart of the earth, took, took the full wrath for sin upon yourself, but then rose from the dead victorious because you yourself had not sinned. So death and hell couldn't hold you. Rose from the dead and now has called me to come and sit with you in the heavenly places. I believe in you. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Forgive me. Help me to live my life in you. Follow your heart. Be led by your spirit. Just pray a prayer like that sincerely to God and you'll find yourself in him. In him. And for those that are already in him, we need to keep renewing our mind. Keep adjusting our perspective because the world is constantly screaming. There's so, so many loud voices right now calling us to, to look down here. Look down here. Come down here. Look around. Look around. Look around. Look around. And I'm telling you, you've got to guard yourself. You've got to protect yourself. I'm, I'm spending like next to like no time watching the news. There's no purpose in it. Anytime I have flicked it on for two minutes, five minutes, it's the same stuff. Fear, 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 virus, virus. How much do you want to hear about it? You know, I like to catch a little bit of what the president says once in a while, get his perspective on things. Other than that, I'm not going to sit there and keep listening to all this stuff. Actually, I'm tuning myself in in prayer to listen to God. I want to be very sensitive to him. And I'm listening to other spirit-led leaders in the body of Christ, people that I respect, people that are, to me, are spiritual and know how to be led by the Spirit of God. And so I want to hear what they're saying. Is what they're saying bear witness with me? Does it agree with what I'm saying? And it's really neat, you know. This past Sunday, I was ministering about how uh, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, the end is not yet. The end is not yet. And uh, helped me to get my perspective on where, where we're actually at in God's end time timetable. And then he said, the end is not yet. This, this isn't it. We're close. We're very close. But this, we're not there yet. This isn't, this isn't that. And then I ministered that on Sunday. And then somebody gave me the link to another Holy Ghost Spirit-filled minister that ministered on Sunday. And you know what? He ministered the same thing. He actually had an experience with God that was just intense, a very intense experience. And it came up out of his spirit. And he said these words. And this is this, this past Sunday at the same time I was ministering here. Spirit of God said to him, the end is not yet. The end is not yet. And someone else said the same thing. This is past week. Somebody gave me a link. If somebody else said the same thing, the end is not yet. The end is not yet. <clears throat> and we're God's restraining force. And it's up to us to take our place and push these forces back that would try to bring the end, that would try to bring God's judgment upon America and upon the earth before it's time. There's a time for those things. We talked about that in our last, uh, our last service, uh, Sunday. Yeah, that, that was also a part of Sunday's message. So that it's, you know, to know the times. And judgment has its time. And it's time right now for you and I to claim God's mercy, push back that judgment, to intercede for the peoples of the earth, to intercede for others, 
to stand in the gap and make up that wall so judgment does not come upon the land. But it's hearing, what is God saying? So that was a confirmation to me. Then there was something else. Again, it was like I, I had received like three confirmations that what I had gotten from God, other spirit-led people are getting. That's what you want to tune into. That's the news you want to be listening for. Get God's perspective. Where are we going? What is the church supposed to do? I was spending a lot of time, went through Matthew, Mark, and Luke this morning, and I was just looking at all the end-time prophecies that Jesus gave. Matthew 24 and so forth, Mark, Luke. And I was just looking at all, all of them. Most of them were saying the same thing. Some had some things a little bit different. But I was just studying that out. And then I went over to the book of Revelation, you know. And because uh, God has shown me a lot already concerning the last days. That's why I wrote this book. The Truth Concerning the Great Tribulation. You know, God, it says a faith guide for the final days. You know, this book right now is being revised. I, re- I, wish, I wish I had gotten it done and uh, got the revision taken care of because, wow, what a time to get this book out in people's hands. But, but now you see how important this word is because we're living in these times. And that's why God put it on my heart to, to get, know the truth concerning the great tribulation, know the time and seasons that we are in. Bible has a lot to say about it. So that's what we need to be listening for, getting God's perspective, taking our place in Christ Jesus. I mean, if you're in him and you can't hear from him, something's majorly wrong. We have to realize if anybody can hear from God, it's his own body parts, right? If anybody can hear from God, it's those that are in God. Come on, somebody. We're in him. Of course we can hear from him. Of course we can be led by him. But if we're not looking, if we're looking out here in the world and we're not looking in him then, or looking from that place in him, then we can miss what he's saying to us and all the fear that's around us could then begin to get on us and draw us away from God. So let's recognize right now, we're in him. Get that perspective right now. I am in Christ Jesus. Say that. I'm in Christ Jesus. I am seated with him in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power. See? Let's let's finish reading that in Ephesians Again, verse 6, Ephesians 2, 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, we're sitting together with him. In him. We're in him. So we're sitting right there with him in the heavenly places. And where is that? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's where we are. We are far above, far above All this stuff that's going on in the world. So we have to remind ourselves of that. That's going to help us to pray effectively. I believe that's the perspective that Paul and Silas had. They weren't thinking about the prison. They weren't thinking about the conditions that they were in on earth, in the world. They were in the world in prison. Not good. But that's not where their their, their focus was. Their focus was they're in him far above Far above in the heavenly places. 
What, a, what an amazing, amazing example of faith. Faith in God. Faith in him, knowing that I'm far above. And that gave them something to sing hymns about. That gave them something to praise God about and shout about. Get excited about. Because, because of this place that they're in. I, you know, I think of the Apostle John. And how he was taken and banished to this island where they kept prisoners. Kind of like an Alcatraz. You know, surrounded by water. He's out there on this island in a prison. I mean, it's a bad situation. This is not good. And at this point, he's an old man. So these are terrible conditions for him to be in in the world. Major, major tribulation. And yet here he is in this place. And while in prison, out at Alcatraz, the Bible says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, over, over in the book of Revelation. Let me, let, me, let me pull that up real quick. He says, Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation... We're companions with him in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now watch this next verse. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as as of a trumpet. Now stop. Notice this. He just finished saying in verse 9, he said that uh, I was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's, that's where I am. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on this island. Alcatraz. I'm in, I'm in prison. That's not where he left it. He told you where his physical location was. But then he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Well, the Lord's Day is Sunday. Sunday's the Lord's Day. And uh, because that's when he rose from the dead, and so that's when the church began to hold services on Sunday. It's called the Lord's Day. So he's, he's having himself church. Right there, out of Patmos, in prison, in the Spirit. See, he didn't just stop saying, I'm in prison. End of story. He said, yeah, I'm in prison, in the spirit. I'm in the spirit. Don't you love that? And what happened while he was in the spirit? The Bible says, and I heard a voice as of trumpet. I mean, he was probably like in, in solitary confinement. You know. And probably, you know, didn't hear too many voices. For all we know. But then he heard a voice. Behind it, it was like a trumpet. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. So here he is in prison, but also he turns, he hears his voice. And he's in the spirit and he sees, he all begins to see amazing things. He begins to see all kinds of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He begins to get all this revelation and insight into things pertaining to the end times. 
I mean, just amazing experience. So here he is out there on an island in prison. And you know what? You and I should be envious of him. Because look at what he's experiencing in that place. It's awesome. It's awesome. In the spirit, he's having all kinds of experiences with God. So we don't want to just limit ourselves to the natural to this physical world, just be carnally, earthly, fleshly, worldly-minded. All this worldly talk, all these earthly things going on, yeah, but what's God saying? What's the Word saying? Hallelujah. Where are we at right now? Praise God forever. Someone says, well, well, I don't know. I don't know. What do you know? What do you know about God? What do you know? What have you learned already? Just begin to thank God for that. Begin to meditate on that. Begin to celebrate that. Begin to declare that. Just come over here and say, well, I'm trying to hear from God. I don't hear that trumpet voice speaking to me. Well, you got your Bible. They haven't taken that away from you. Open it up. Let God speak to you through the word of God. But let's enjoy this place that we have in the spirit. In the spirit. And recognize that when we pray and talk to God, he's right there with us in the heavenly places. It's not like we're on earth and he's far out there and we're like, God, 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 God. It's just like this echo. We feel so far away, far away. No. No, we've been raised up, made to sit together with him. That's where you are right now. And you know where you are. You know your physical location real well where you are right now. But do you know where you are in the spiritually right now? Are you in Christ Jesus? Are you in Him? If you're in Him, then you're seated in a heavenly place. Don't have to see it. Don't have to see it. See, the Bible says we look at the things that are not seen. How do you look at something that's not seen? With the eyes of your faith, the eyes of your spirit. You see what God says. You let what God says dictate what you see in your heart. I am seated with him. I'm seated with him. And this is important because right now it's so important for us to pray and release the ability and power of God on the earth. So important to do that right now. So we need to pray effectively. And a big part of praying effectively is recognizing where you are in conjunction to where God is. You are seated with him in the heavenly places. That's where you are. That's where you are. Right there at the right hand of God. Now watch this. Over in Romans chapter 8, verse 34. It says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God. We know that, right? Who also makes intercession for us. So notice Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father and he makes intercession for us. So he says, well, man, if Jesus is making intercession for us, then we don't have to make intercession. We don't have to pray. I mean, why would I have to pray if Jesus is praying for me? Well, notice this in Romans 8, verse 26. Now, that was Romans 8, 34. Let's just back up a few verses. Watch this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, 
but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. There it is again, intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Better translation of that is which cannot be articulated. In other words, can't be spoken in words that can be understood. What he's referring to there is to to praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues. Praying by the Holy Spirit. And we might talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But notice he says, likewise also the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. So he's helping us to pray. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings. See, groanings from within us which cannot be articulated in a known tongue. So as we're speaking in tongues, as we are praying, the Spirit is making intercession through us here on the earth, while at the same time in Christ Jesus. And so because we're in Jesus, it's as though Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. In other words, Jesus making intercession for us, according to Romans 8.34, making intercession for us at the right hand of God is connected to our yielding to the Spirit of God here on the earth and praying. And as we're praying to God the Father in the name of Jesus, in Jesus, who's at the right hand of the Father, Jesus, or us who are in Jesus, are making intercession directly to the Father. So we're in Jesus speaking to the Father, making intercession. And the Spirit of God is helping us to do that. Did you follow that? So the point is, we are in Him, seated in the heavenly places, seated at the Father's right hand, and we're able to speak right to Him. We're right there next to God. And so there's times where, especially when God was speaking this to me, putting, to, to, to speak this to you, it just got all stirred up in me. And every day I go to pray, I just stop thinking, you know, I'm, I'm right here with God. God's right here with me. I mean, we're seated together. We're seated together. So when I talk to God, I mean, I have direct access to him because of Jesus, because of being in him. That's how close I am to God. He hears me. He hears you. That's the place that you and I are in. We are not separated from God. We are connected to him. So not only are we now able to pray to him, talk to him, make intercession on on our behalf, on behalf of the saints, to God directly right here, seated with him in the heavenly places. What a powerful place we have. Think about it. I mean, really try to envision this. When you pray, this is where you're, you're seated right next to God. Of course he hears you. And of course you hear from him. We're right here seated together. Seated, seated, seated together. Powerful. This is the place that we occupy. Not only do we have this great communication now with God, knowing that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have what we're asking for. But also, we're in a place that's far above all evil spirits, which means they're all subject to us in the name of Jesus. And so notice what it says here in Ephesians chapter 3. 
Again, talking about the, this heavenly place that we occupy in Christ. It says, Ephesians 3, 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. That's us. To the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So here we are seated in Christ at the Father's right hand. Far above all these evil spirits, principalities, powers, rules of the darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's the place that you and I occupy. And from this place, we make known. Notice this. We make known to the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God or the word of God, the promises of God. The truth of God. We declare to them from this heavenly place. Remember the devil's under our feet. He's not above us. He tries to act like he is but he's not. We're far above him. And so from this place we say. Devil. It is written. It has been decreed. And I decree it now. From my heavenly seat. Where I rule and reign in Christ Jesus. At the Father's right hand, it is written, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. No evil will befall you, neither shall any plague come near thy dwelling. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Jesus took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses. See, whatever whatever promise it is that you need to declare, you declare it, you make the devil, you're reading the devil his rights. That's what we're talking about here. Making known to the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God from this heavenly seat in the heavenly places. Here we are. And the evil spirits hear us. They are subject to us. This is powerful stuff. See, we're not just dealing with flesh and blood. I'm I'm coming to you tonight to remind you of the spiritual warfare that we are involved in and the heavenly place that we occupy. This great place we have in Christ Jesus. We got to remind ourselves of it. Stir ourselves up. This is where I am. Praise God. I'm victorious. I mean, really, we've already passed from death to life. So we're not even afraid of dying. Because we've already passed from death to life. I mean, we're living the life. We're living the life, man. We're living in eternal life already. That's where we are. In God who is life. So we're not afraid. We're not worried. But from this place, we deal with the real enemies of our life. The real enemies of our country. The ones that inspire flesh and blood to do the wrong thing. And there's a lot of people that uh, are really good at yielding to the inspiration of the enemy. You know, I mean, uh, the Bible talks about them over in Ephesians chapter 2. And in verse 1, it says, And you he made alive. Praise God. You were dead, right? He goes on and says that. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. We're not worried about dying. We've already been dead. We've already been there and done that. Right? Why don't you say it? Say, been there and done that. Yeah, I'm not afraid of dying. I've already been dead. And Jesus made me alive. Whoo, hallelujah. You need to say that right now. Jesus made me alive. Hallelujah. 
Now I'm alive. See, a lot of folks are just the walking dead. They see, they're, see, again, physically, in the world, they're existing, but they're not really alive spiritually. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin in which, you once, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So notice the prince of the power of the air. It's talking about the devil. These evil spirits, these principalities and powers. They work in the sons of disobedience. There are people that are mature in their yieldedness to the devil. And, and they are experts at being disobedient to God. You know, some people, a lot of people just struggle. You know, they just struggle. They want to do the right thing, but they struggle and they're disobedient and they don't know any better. And, and then there's those that are like, they're experts at being disobedience and they, at disobedient and they want to train others to be disobedient like them. They want to spread disobedience. And, uh, you know, this just came to me while I was praying the other day. I never, I never quite saw it like this before. But Jesus desires us to have days of heaven right here on earth. That's why he told us to pray, Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's God's will. That's Jesus' will for us. That we would have heaven on earth. That earth would be like heaven. But on the flip side of that, the devil, he wants us to have days of hell on earth. That's what he wants. He wants us to have hell on earth. He wants his will to be on, done on earth as it is in hell. And he's got people that want that as well. They want to make this a place of torment. Just like hell's a place of torment. There's people that just get off on tormenting people. They, they get excited about tormenting people. Because they're yielded to the enemy. They're sons of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air is working, energizing is another way of saying it. When it's about working, works in the sons and energizes in the sons of disobedience. So these evil spirits are energizing them, inspiring them to do evil things. But you and I hold a heavenly seat far above all these evil spirits. And we can command them to cease and desist in their maneuvers and operations against us, against our nation, against our land, against our president. Pray for the president. Praise God. Believe God that uh, the blood of Jesus is over his life. And again... Think about the authority and power you have seated right there in the heavenly places far above all these evil spirits at the right hand of the Father. How powerful. What an awesome place we have. God wants to hear from you. Hearing from you is just like hearing from Jesus. It's Jesus actually making intercession for us when we're making intercession. When we're speaking because we're speaking not of ourselves, but speaking by his spirit in him in the heavenly places. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's where we are, folks. Praise God. Remember your spiritual perspective on things. Don't just have an earthly perspective. Don't just have a natural perspective. Have a heavenly perspective, and it's going to help you to be much more effective when you pray. 
Because I think half the battle people face when they pray is they're trying to get God's attention. They're hoping that God hears them. They're trying to get connected. We're connected. We're connected. I mean, prayer should just start off with praise most of the time. Just praising Him for where we are. Thank you, Lord, for where I am. I am seated with you right now in the heavenly places. Why don't we just say it together right now? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I'm seated with you right now in the heavenly places. You hear me. Everything I ask, you hear it. And you respond to me and do what I ask. You wouldn't deny Jesus. And so you wouldn't deny me because I'm in Jesus. Thank you, God, that I've been quarantined, that I have an isolation suit, that no plague will come near my dwelling, no evil will befall me. Though I have tribulation in this world, I am of good cheer because I know I have the victory over all these things that are in the world that would try to come against me. I always triumph. I always win. If God is for me, who could be against me? I am too blessed to be cursed. Too blessed to be cursed. I'm too high in the most high to be oppressed by any evil spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go ahead and shout at home. You might as well shout, praise God forever. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank God for his word and uh, to have ourselves put in remembrance concerning these things. We need to, need to remind ourselves constantly of these things and, uh, and not allow ourselves to be pushed around pushed around. We're not victims in this life. I got news for you. We're not victims. Say this. Say, I'm not a victim. That's right. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of talk out there, you know, people trying to encourage one another and, and saying, now, you know, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to just turn out fine. Before you know it, everything's going to be back to normal. How do you know that? How do you know that? See, a lot of people just say that superficially. They don't say that by the Spirit. They don't say that because they got inside information inside Christ. See, they're not, it's not because they're being led by Him. They're just saying, uh, everything's good. Before you know it, our economy's going to come back. Everything. How do you know that? How do you know that? See, a lot of folks, they don't know that. And I don't know all the details. I don't know all the details of, of what's going to happen next. I don't know. I know I'm far above it. I know that. I know you're far above it. And uh, I know that it's not time for judgment on America. It's time for mercy. It's time for the word of God to go forth. It's time for God's blessings to be uh, all, over the, all over this land, all over our lives. It's time for that. Uh, we still have time before the end comes. In fact, if you want, I can share something with you. I mean, you're home. You don't have to drive home or anything. So I could go a little bit longer, right? So, so why not? I mean, you're comfortable. I'm comfortable. You got something better to do? Huh? 
Going to go turn on CNN, Fox or something? Really? No, 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 no. You, you might as well just, we might as well do a little extra here. Let me, let me share something with you. Revelations chapter 8. See, where are we right now in, in God's end time timetable? Well, I got a, a, little, a little more insight. I believe, I believe a little bit more insight into this. Over here in Revelations chapter 8, verse 2. He says, and I saw the seven angels who stand before God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've been praying in the Spirit, and I've told some people this already that I pray with once in a while. Uh, that keeps coming up. Seven angels. Seven angels. You know, you're speaking these utterances uh, that uh, are like groanings that cannot be articulated in a known, a known language, a known tongue. But sometimes you do get some, some words in your, own, in, in your own language when you pray that way. And, uh, and so I, I, these words, the seven angels, the seven angels. I'm like, why am I getting the seven angels, you know? Well, here they are. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to, to them were given seven trumpets. Now, these are the trumpets that are going to announce God's judgments. I mean, the, the, the judgments that bring on the great tribulation. In the world, we're going to have tribulation, and then there's the great tribulation of the very last days. We're right there. We're real close. I know that. I couldn't, couldn't give you a date or time, but we're, we're right there. But anyway, we're not there yet. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. That's where we are right now. You've got these seven angels with trumpets ready to go. Right on the edge. Right on the edge of some stuff. But the church is praying. God's teaching us tonight how to pray. You need to know how to pray. See, God needs us to pray. His will just doesn't come to pass because he wants it to come to pass. I mean, I hate that. People say that. I'm sorry if you're one of those that have said this. But it's time to get your theology corrected here. And I'm going to help you. People say, you know, uh, God's going to do whatever he wants to do. In his timing, God's going to do whatever he wants to do. If God wants to do it, it's going to happen. If it's God's will, it's going to happen. This just isn't true. That is totally unscriptural. Totally unscriptural. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And yet people perish all the time. So God's will is not what's happening all the time. God didn't purpose for this to happen. God has given authority to his church and has given us responsibility to make sure that his will comes to pass and that the devil doesn't get his way. All right? And I can give you examples of that with, with even Daniel, how Daniel prayed. He got a hold of a promise God gave through the prophet Jeremiah. He got a hold of that and he prayed 21 days concerning that to make sure it came to pass. And then an angel came to him and answered his prayer. But what Jeremiah prophesied, Daniel needed to pray for it to come to pass. Okay? So it's not going to just happen. So God needs us to pray. Very important. And we've got to pray effectively. We've got to pray in faith. So your prayers matter. It's very important. 
Don't think that you don't matter. Well, it's, 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 everything's going to be okay. I just believe it's all going to turn out okay. Pray. Don't just sit there and say, I just believe it's all going to turn out okay. Pray. And learn how to pray if you're, if, you're, if you're not very good at it. Go back and listen to this message again. Pray. Be an effective prayer. What's an effective prayer? Someone that just believes what he's saying and prays according to the Bible. That's all. That's an effective prayer. So notice, you got the angels ready to blow the trumpets, and then there's this other angel that's gathering up all these prayers. And it's being mixed with incense, which I believe is the worship and the praise, you know, the this, this singing of hymns, right? It's not, it's not just prayers of desperation, but it's pray, prayers full of praise and worship, full of faith. And notice, this is what's being brought up to God. It's ascending before God from the angel's hand. That's where we are right now. Now watch this. Here's the corner we're about to turn. Verse 5. Then the angel took the censer, filled with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Praise God. You say, what is this? It sounds horrible. It's not. This is wonderful. Notice. There were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. These are the same things that Moses experienced in Exodus, I believe, chapter 19, where he went up Mount Sinai, and the glory of God, God came down on the mountain and manifested his glory. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings flashing, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. What is this? This is the glory of God, which is the manifested awesomeness of the Almighty. That's what this is. That's what has come down on the mountain there. In Exodus 19, that's what he's describing coming down here on the earth. He's talking about an end time, last day, before the trumpets blow, move of the Spirit of God. The power of God is released. God has heard our prayers. He's heard our worship, our thanksgiving. We've declared his promises. We're hanging on to them. We're clinging to them. We're not letting go. We're not getting in fear. We're getting over in faith. We're declaring the truth in the face of all these evils. And God hears us. And just like Paul and Silas at midnight, God heard them. And what happened? The whole place shook. There was an earthquake. And their chains fell. People got set free. Prisoners were set free. People were delivered in the prison because they were praying, singing hymns. The incense was going up to God and the place shook and people were set free. Friend, we're about to have a worldwide shaking. It's amazing. Uh, there's, there's been like four earthquakes, maybe even five earthquakes. This this past week with everything that's going on. There was an earthquake in Utah. Someone said in Nevada. Someone, someone said in, uh, the news said it was over in Greece. There was a, a tremendous, these are all, I know, big earthquakes. And then uh, I heard that there was an earthquake last night. And there were tsunami warnings in, for Hawaii at like 5 o'clock in the morning. There was tsunami warnings. There was an earthquake somewhere around Russia. I mean, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. But I believe it's this shaking. God is, our prayers are being heard. And we're about to see the glory of God. The manifested awesomeness of the Almighty. Come in a way like the world has never 
seen or experienced before. I'm telling you, this is the church's finest hour. Praise God. Ooh, hallelujah. Are you getting it? Are you, are you dancing in there? Are you dancing around your couch right now? Some of you ought to do a lap around your couch right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm talking about just running, you know, just shouting, jumping. You can hardly stand it. This is exciting. Are you getting this? I'm telling you, I believe this is where we are right now. We're praying and we're praising. Come on, you got to really lift your praises up to God, worship Him. We really got to just really get excited, declare to the principalities and powers the Word of God, keep them in their place, and watch what God our Father does. Watch what He does as this fire of God hits, the fire, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and spiritual chains start falling off of people. The gospel's being preached like never before with such boldness, such manifestations of the presence and power of God, healings, all kinds of miracles, signs and wonders taking place and what God promised would come to pass in these last days. And people getting loosed, shackles coming off, people coming into the light, prison doors spiritually being opened up as God's just shaking things, just shaking things, just shaking things. That's, what's, that's where we are right now. And then the next verse, verse 6, right after that whole the lightnings, the earthquake, all the power of God manifested. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The first angel sounded and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. Notice that. Hail and fire. Hail and fire followed. After that trumpet blast. Well, what is that? Well, you remember Jesus said back here to the church at Laodicea. He said, because you're lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I'm going to spoo you out out of my mouth. See, in these last days, people are going to be moved to, the, to, to either be hot or cold because God's glory is going to be so powerful, so amazing. There's going to be no middle lukewarm place for folks anyway, just to be religious and have a form of godliness. No, 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 no. You either are over here believing in a miracle working God of power or you deny his power and thus deny Christ and you are over here in Antichristville and you are cold. You are as cold as ice. That's what a hail is. It's ice. So you're either on fire for God or you're as cold as ice towards God. And so when that happens, there's going to be a clash. There's going to be fired up and ice cold people. And there's going to be a clash and it's going to be mingled with blood. There'll be persecution and things will begin to happen that will now begin to usher in the great tribulation period. I wrote the book, The Truth Concerning the Great Tribulation. Glory be to God. But this is, I believe this is where we are right now. I believe this is where we are right now. Get ready, man. Things are shaking. Uh, that, that fire from heaven, that lightning, that... Um, that's that uh, that uh, that that which that yeah the angel's gonna throw to the earth. It's time for it. 
It's time. We're right, we're right about there. So get yourself ready. Keep your prayers going. Keep praising God. Let that fire of God fall. It is going to be some awesome times in the days ahead. That's what's coming up. Can you say amen? That's a little inside the news by the Spirit of God. That's not, you know, again, you're not going to see that in Fox News tonight. You're not. They're not going to tell you anything about that. They're going to tell you about a virus. You're going to see the virus is coming, and it's going to get you. It's going to get everybody. No. Fire's coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fire's coming. Praise God. The glory's coming. That's what's coming. Now, evil men and imposters and evil workers will grow worse and worse in the earth. And so I don't know how all that's going to pan out. There's a lot of nasty things going on that are going to continue to go on in the world. In the world, there's going to be tribulation. And so I don't know how that's going to turn out, but we're going to keep looking from God's perspective. That's what's going to help us to get through it real well, real well. We're not just going to get through it, but man, we're going to affect things in the earth in a major way in these last days. All right? That's who we are. That's where we are. So glory be to God for that. Amen. Praise God forever. Well, I believe we've wrapped it up for tonight. I've enjoyed ministering the word to you. I've enjoyed this time together. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.